All right, welcome everybody. Episode 84 of the Matt Jones podcast. We've had, I guess the last few have been pretty serious, so we'll decide to not do serious right now. And we'll do some sports. And more specifically, the NFL season starts this weekend. And so I thought I would bring the, I guess now, former co-host with me on the Countdown to Kickoff show, since there is no longer a Countdown to Kickoff show Jeff Schwartz and Myron Metcalf. Guys, good to uh, be reunited with you. Good to see Jeff again, man. How you doing? I am fantastic. I'm, I've been so giddy this week because football is back. Like Chiefs and Texans is Thursday night. We had some whatever that was in college football this weekend. It was on. It was on TV. I watched it. Um, I mean, who, who would have known that Army and BYU, the two best teams in the country, but here we are. And <laughs> I'm just giddy that football's back. I can feel it. Well, so for people who don't know, you may know Myron because he does the college basketball uh, for ESPN, and et cetera. So you've probably heard his name. Unless you listened to the countdown kickoff, you may not know Jeff, former NFL offensive lineman, superstar, just a wonderful human being all the way around. Uh, and, uh, you know, the thing is, Jeff, you and Dan Orlovsky are the only reason that I even know who the NFL players are. Before <laughs> these two shows, I could name like six players and I could rant about the Bears roster, but otherwise I didn't know anything. But now I'm an expert and I think it's mostly because of you. Well, I, I, is that good or bad? Cause if people disagree with your football <laughs> opinions, I don't want to take, I don't want to take the blame for that. Um, you, you pull off pretty well. I did not know when we first started doing the show last year that you were not an NFL guy. And I mean, at all. and so <laughs> like and, at, at all, and you made it work, obviously. Um, and you end up being right about one thing, which is Lamar Jackson, just because he was in your backyard, you decided to like him and you ended up being right on that one. And I was both you and Orlovsky told, I, I love to look at Dan Orlovsky now, Myron, <laughs> and how he's the big Lamar guy. You remember, <laughs> I mean, he, I, we would fight about it. Yeah. He, oh, he's going to stink. And then of course it ended up right. And it was Myron with me taking up for a Louisville guy of all people. It did make sense, but you were right, man. And it's, man, I think, we've never seen people come around that quickly about a guy in a two year span from like, should he even be a quarterback to now going into year three, a chance to go to the Super Bowl. But I, but it's interesting. There's still some people though who just won't come around. Like, like I heard a radio show where people were saying, oh, he's got to be a better passer. He's got to be more accurate. I'm like, well, okay, fine. But that team could have won the Super Bowl last year. Maybe should have. And if they don't lose to that crazy Tennessee Titans team, but come on, man, get that dude his full credit. Jeff, you're kind of an old school football guy. Do you yeah. think that like, it's just people don't want to accept how that position has evolved and they sort of have this view and it, they're going to be holdouts until the last minute, but like of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league, probably eight of them are mobile now. I mean, when do people just, when are people going to accept yeah. it? I think there's a difference between a mobile quarterback and a running quarterback and Lamar totes that line kind of fine because, you know, he, he's a great runner, obviously. He's a big part of the rushing part of their offense. And the passing part is the thing that old school people like me, and I, I've given him his credit. You, you guys know I've come around a little. You, 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 you have to be – you have to give him his credit. Like, you can't be that obtuse. He won the MVP last year. He had a great season. But a lot of us say, hey, when the playoffs come, it's something that I've said for a while now, when the playoffs come – you have to do more than run that offense. You have to pass the football to win the playoffs. Now that is the NFL game. And he has yet to do that in the playoffs. And that's the concern. I, I think Baltimore 
win the Super Bowl this year. They're, they're my Super Jeff, Bowl is it a so, little bit think, like, okay, so th three, four years ago, you, Charles Barkley was like, you can't win an NBA title shooting threes with Golden State. And he said that over and over. And now come three or four years later, and like the idea that you could even compete without being able to shoot threes is absurd. In two years, three years, are we going to look and say, hey, if your quarterback's not mobile, you're done? Mobile, yes. I'm with you there. Because you look at Trevor Lawrence's mobile. You look at Trey Lance, he's mobile. These are guys in next year's draft. You look at, uh, at Justin Fields. They're, all quarterbacks now are going to be mobile. But there's that difference between the mobility in the pocket as a passer, which Pat Mahomes, great example. He's as mobile as they come, but he's a fantastic pocket passer where Lamar still has to work, I think, on some of those pocket passing techniques and just refine his game. But he can do it, I think. And so I'm curious to see how the Baltimore offense makes that happen this year because it's got to happen in the playoffs. That, that Their whole goal this year is to get ready for the playoffs. Myron, I don't know how much today we'll talk about Benny Snell and Lynn Bowden and Josh <laughs> Allen and all the folks people want. But what I thought we would do today is we would just go division by division, sort of for the fans out there of KSR, which probably a lot of them are going to be like I was before I hosted this show. No, kind of, they watch the NFL, but they don't know it in depth. So they're going to rely on you experts to tell them who's going to win each division. So I thought we would go division by division and you sort of pick your winners and we'll just start in the AFC East because like 19 of the last 20 years, New England has won it. But it feels like this year, Myron, it might be different. It might be Buffalo. Which way are you going, Belichick or Josh Allen? Oh, man, I'm going Cam Newton and Belichick. <laughs> like it's, it's weird. It's weird how we talk about Cam Newton. Like he wasn't this former MVP who took his team to the Super Bowl. Like he wasn't this guy who when he was healthy was an amazing quarterback. He just hasn't been healthy for really three years. So I can understand anybody questioning whether or not he's going to be 100% going into this season. You know, he's passed so that early age where you're like, oh, you automatically kind of bounce back. He's older now. I get those questions. But the talent? Like, who has ever questioned Cam Newton's talent? People have tried to question his leadership. Those guys already love him in New England. Like, those have never been issues. But it's like there are people who said, because he dressed in a flashy outfit in the post-game press conference, somehow that said something about his leadership ability. That was all baloney. Like healthy Cam Newton, uh, if that New England defense can be anywhere close to what it was last year, now they've lost a lot of key pieces, I think that is definitely New England's division. But Buffalo will put up a fight. I don't think they're going to run away with it. But I got to give the edge to a New England team with a healthy Cam Newton and the brain known as Belichick. That's a division win for me. Jeff, you played with Cam, right? Yeah, uh, one season. I was hurt that year, but I was, I was on the team, yes. So, I mean, why do you think I, – I, I agree with Myron. I think he's perpetually underrated. He's being paid like $1 million this year. That's it. Why, why do you think that is? Is it just because people just don't like his, I don't know, press conferences? Because it sure feels like he does whatever yeah. you want. Well, we you, you talked about Lamar being non-traditional. Cam Noon, um, his celebrations – his outfits, that's non-traditional. That's not what quarterbacks do. Quarterbacks don't, don't run over someone and then Superman on the field <laughs> and point a first down. And, like, that's not what quarterbacks do, right? It's not what they do. Um, and so that rubs people the wrong way, rubs the kind of establishment people the, the wrong way. I was, um, I was not as high on Cam as most, and I live in Charlotte, and I just watched him play. But 2018 changed my opinion on him. 
they brought in North Turner and said, hey, look, we're going to run a pro-style offense. We're going to run the traditional kind of more of a game manager type offense. You're going to throw the ball to the back more often. We're going to take away some play action, make things easier for you. He was outstanding for the first eight weeks of the season before he hurt his shoulder. He's coming into that exact same offense this year with Josh McDaniels. And um, he's used to playing with wide receivers that aren't as good. That's in Carolina for most of his career. Um, his offensive line is good enough in New England. But the reason why I like the Patriots, there's two reasons. One, and a lot of what Myron mentioned is very true. But number one is Cam wants to make this work and Belichick wants to make this yeah. work. Cam has a one-year deal for $7.5 It's not $1 million, but it, it's – It felt like what, $1 million, but it does. Because – correct, because he's easily worth – 30 million, right? I mean, like, it's wild that yeah. he does. It's only making seven million. They both want to make it work, right? He wants to prove to everyone, I can do this. I'm healthy. I want another contract. And Belichick wants to prove, obviously, he can do without Brady. But secondly, is that the Buffalo Bills, who is their best competition in this division, they have the biggest jump this year in pass defenses they face. So Josh Allen is already a poor passer, now plays defenses that are much tougher for him. And I think Buffalo Listen is to me, you hate Josh back. Allen. You, like what you used That's to good. do with Lamar, then you moved it to Josh Allen. You hate <laughs> Josh Allen. I don't know anything about Josh Allen beyond, I mean, I've seen play. I promise you if he walked down the street, I wouldn't be sure if it was him because I didn't watch a lot of Wyoming games. And I don't, I, the Bills are only on. I feel like the Bills play the Jets every single week and I never watch <laughs> the game. But, but you hate him and that makes me want to like him. Go ahead and like him, but I mean, it, you know, Bills fans are jumping <laughs> over the moon for a guy that completes fifty-eight percent of passes. I mean, he's not a good quarterback. He's supposed to be this 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 guy with a you know this. Uh, he does have a great arm, but he can't. He's the worst deep passer in the NFL. Congrats on your great arm, buddy. You can't actually complete the ball. So I think when you look at the division, I go New England about ten wins, Buffalo probably nine, and then the Jets and Dolphins. The Dolphins are too young. It's a weird year for them, in my opinion. And the Jets, I I, I just don't know about Gase. Who knows? I have to ask you, normally we, I mean, I don't think Lynn Bowden will be a huge part of what the Dolphins do, but for both of you, what does it say about a kid? Like I'm angry about the fact Oakland traded him and I'm more angry about what they had the press say about him when he left. Like they said, oh, he could, he didn't understand the playbook. I don't believe that, Myron. I mean, this is a kid who was a wide receiver and a week later was the quarterback and won six or seven games running a kind of a complicated offense, even though they didn't throw, but he had to do a million different things. I still feel like the kid can play. What do you think? I, I think uh, where the Lynn Bones of the world suffered the most is they didn't have a preseason. Yep. You know, and it's unfortunate that a guy like that didn't have an opportunity to play four games and just get the feel for the NFL speed, the NFL scheme. I will say, though, you look at Cordell Patterson in Chicago, like teams are trying to find those guys. And it all comes down to, you know, what Miami wants to do. But the talent is un undeniable and I think in this NFL uh there are places to put a guy like that but he's hurt most by the thing the fact that he didn't get four games to show everybody like hey I'm a real NFL talent so now he's got to just kind of jump into the fire uh and that hurts everybody in his position every rookie is hurt like that but especially for a guy that doesn't necessarily have a clear-cut position in the league uh those four games would have certainly helped him man and he didn't get them Jeff, explain, like, for a rookie what not having the preseason games means. I mean, a lot of dudes are never even going to get a chance to start their careers that might have otherwise if they'd had that opportunity. Yeah. It, it's uh, 
I feel really bad for you guys. I was that guy. I was a seventh round draft pick. And so I needed the practice reps to get better. I needed preseason to show that I could even compete in the NFL. I don't know how the Raiders, by the way, can say that Lynn Bowden did pick up the playbook in three weeks of practice. Like what? And what they, they moved expect? him positions. They made like, him a running back. He like, had never it's, played it's, running back in his life. So I, I yeah. So look, um, you have to make s- splash plays in practice when you're a young player to get noticed. I'm sure in any sport, it's the same way, right? If you're a basketball player and you're young, if you come in and you dunk on someone, you, you hit a bunch of shots in practice, coach, oh, look at that guy. Same, same in the NFL, right? If you have splash plays in practice. But the only way you make those plays is by knowing the playbook and actually practicing so you feel more comfortable and have more confidence doing that. You can't do that this year, right? There's no time to practice. There's no preseason games to show what you can do. And so young guys have no chance to get better. And then there are guys like an Andrew Thomas, who's starting for left tackle for the giants, like a Joe Burrow, who's playing right away for the Bengals quarterback, where you just, you're thrown out there. Like, I feel bad for those guys. I really like any, any rookie offensive lineman, Jedrick Wills, Makai Becton, Joe Burrow, any, it's going to be really tough to come in week one and just be good and just be good. Do you think the football, the quality of play just overall is going to suck for a yes. while at the beginning? Yes. I, I think we saw go to BYU Navy the other night. I don't know if you watched anyone uh, watch that game. It was I watched like a night. quarter and then okay. quit. So that's all you needed to see. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Navy looked like they didn't practice and supposedly they didn't practice very hard. They just couldn't do it. And, and BYU was just better and they ran them over. We're going to find in the NFL, in my opinion, veteran teams with quarterback, coach combination have been together a while are going to dominate younger teams who just scheme-wise aren't there yet, don't know how to practice yet, don't know how to tackle as well. It's going to be a bloodbath, Matt, in my opinion. I would bet – I would lay as many points as you can on veteran teams this year to start the season because I, how do you trust a young team like the Dolphins who are like have – Eight new guys playing. The Panthers drafted seven guys on defense. How do you trust them to play week one with no offseason and no practice? That's a good point. So you both have the Patriots. I thought you all were going to pick the Bills, and I was going to pick the Patriots. But I never I, – I cannot stand the Patriots. I cannot stand Bill Belichick. I hate Boston fans. But I can't bet against them because they always win. And until they stop winning, I'm not going to pick the Buffalo Bills to win their division. So let's go to the Central – which I think Myron has, at least for my money, probably the most interesting division maybe in the whole NFL because you've got the Ravens. I think the Steelers have been Roethlisberger back, and he's all skinny now. And uh, you got the Browns, who everybody thought was going to be great last year. Now maybe they improve. And then the Bengals will at least be entertaining with Joe Burrow, even if they're not good. Who do you like there? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think Joe Burrow is going to be fun to watch. And I don't know. I mean, that – that's a terrible division. Like to, to go into the North division like that, uh, to be a rookie with no preseason, like Jeff's talking about, I, I wouldn't want to be there, but at, at least he gives you hope, which is something that Cincinnati hasn't had since maybe what yeah. the, the early Andy Dalton years, yeah. you, you know, I mean, knowing that Marvin Lewis is going to get to the playoffs and losing the first round for 19 years in a row was not <laughs> something that bred a lot of hope. Um, but it's Lamar, it's Lamar, and it's more Lamar. And and I, we, we focus so much on his weaknesses in ways that we amplify the strengths of other quarterbacks. Your Deshaun Watson and how balanced and gifted he is. Your Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, the way he can throw on the run. Kirk Cousins, play action. Like we do so much to highlight the strengths of every quarterback in this league, and to justify like why they are who they are. 
And here you have an MVP and we're still having conversations about his weaknesses, which I understand, but not having enough conversations about his strengths. Like at the end of the day, this guy is a playmaker. He has to improve as a passer, much like everybody. Yeah. But he's continued to do that post-Heisman trophy. Lamar Jackson, as you know, Matt, the guy wins the Heisman. Everybody says he's not good enough as a passer to play in the NFL. He goes out his next year at Louisville. He's a much more efficient passer, comes in, starts midway through the season with Baltimore, gets And I would better, know, by the way, at Louisville, he, he intentionally – played a different offense to learn to pass to show his NFL skills. And then they lost a couple more games and the criticism was, well, now he doesn't win. He won the year before and they said it was, he wasn't good enough. Then he flipped the way he played. And then they said he didn't win. So I don't know. Because it's always something with him, right? Always something, but they're not going to stop him in that division. He's still the guy that you have to figure out. And I think just point, like everyone's talking about how sloppy this play will be. Like how our defense is going to get together and form any chemistry here without a preseason. I think a guy like Lamar Jackson will put up crazy video yeah. game numbers in this weird NFL. I, I'm with you there. And I do wonder too, if they get up big in these games where they took Lamar Jackson out last year, they might spend that time working on the passing game. I mean, th- there's no such thing as like running up the score. That's just like a, a little league thing where you're just nice mm-hmm. about it. Like if you're up 35, nothing in the NFL, you just run your offense. Like that's yeah. the other team has to stop you. That's their job. So I think they might work that stuff in. I'll give you guys a, a dark horse at AFC North. And you said central by the way, which is great. Cause you're a Reds fan. Um, and, and uh, Listen, this, I, this I told you, North. I didn't say I knew everything about the NFL. <laughs> I knew, I know occasional things. About it's the, the AFC North. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers are a great bet to win the Super Bowl this year. Um, they're you say Super Bowl, Jeff. Yeah, I'll tell you why. Well, just a va- like if you're looking at gambling numbers, they're plus twenty five hundred. It's a really good bet. I'll, oh, I'll is that? You, well, no, that's one. good. Twenty five hundred. Yeah, yeah, plus twenty five hundred. It's a great bet. Um, I like using DVOA, Football Outsiders. It's a good efficiency metric. They were third on defense last year and eighth in special teams. They were thirty second on offense. Well, duh, right? Duck Hodgins, Mason Rudolph. You bring Big Ben back. If he's 85% of his former self, you're pretty good offense, right? You have a good offensive line, good weapon. Physically, he is about back. 85% of his former yes, self. That's also yeah. true. And so you'd have a team that went 8-8 eight eight last year under all those circumstances. You add Big Ben back in the mix, they're going to win 10 or 11 games. The issue is that they're not going to have the home field advantage, which is only one team, remember, each side will have it this year because the playoff format's different. So – but they're going to be really good guys. Like I, like I think, and Pittsburgh played Baltimore tough last year, both games. So I think that the the, the Steelers are a dark horse team to win the AFC and get to Super. What, what is the playoff format? Is it going to be it's wherever the seven. one seed is? Seven teams, one by for the one seed. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, so all right, what about Cleveland? I know Jeff, you hated Cleveland so much. Yeah, I, you hated I, everyone there. Was, you hated the was city. Right. I my, was right. My, my girlfriend still is skeptical of you because of how much you would crush her hometown was uh, i right was i right or wrong well you were but you didn't have to be so mean and, but, and anyway, this, but what do you think about this cleveland o- this year and not this odell news today oh boy um <laughs> i think the browns are going to be much better this year just by having a better coach i mean Stefanski's going to generate an offense around the run game and play action pass two things that will help baker mayfield upgrade the offensive line and they're really good on defense. I just think by virtue of a better coach, and that was my concern with them last year was they had a terrible coach and Baker was too loud during the off season. This off season, he's been quiet, it's been working and they have a much better coach. So I think they're going to contend eight, nine wins um, in this division. If everyone stays healthy. 
Say something about the Bengals, because there are a lot of Bengals fans that will be listening to this in Kentucky. Myron, give me something just that they have hope. Is that what all you got? You have a guy who may have had the greatest college football season of all time in Joe Burrow. I mean, I don't – like, I, like that's, what, that's what teams spend decades searching for, is a legit franchise quarterback. And I don't know if he is, but by all accounts, this guy can play at the highest levels and, and over time – you build around him. And I think, um, you know, like what he did at LSU, and this isn't the same level, but like the numbers are legitimately historic, like what he actually did as a quarterback and the teams that they blew out, like great teams. Like LSU, you can make the case, had the best season we've seen maybe over the last 20 years in terms of how much better they were than everybody else. And that was all Joe Burrow. So. You got Joe Burrow, man. I mean, what else do you have to be excited about? You well, got a guy who could be your quarterback. And 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 back to Pittsburgh for a second. Benny Snell. Just keep that in mind. Mike Thomas said he had a great <laughs> second year camp. I just want you to get your Benny Snell jersey you out. As Jeff rolls his eyes. Now the CFC South. Uh, we do have a ton of Titans fans that listen to this too. Titans have become probably a bigger team in Kentucky than the Bengals over the last few years because they haven't been uh, as bad. Nearly got to the Super Bowl. Just got clowny. They're my pick for the uh, for the South. What about you, Jeff? Okay, you know Titans fans, Matt. Why are they so sensitive on social media? Like, 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 legit. Like, I talk about all fan bases. You guys follow me. I trash everyone. I'm equal opportunity. I hate everybody. I hate all your teams. <laughs> but Titans fans are the only ones that say that one of their players slept with my wife. That they that like that like that that I that I obsessed you about get that them. A lot? Okay. <laughs> o- only from Titans fans. And, I, and you know, I've trashed the Bills, Lamar Jackson, the Browns, like the Raiders all the time. I trash all these teams. Titans fans are by far the more sensitive. They haven't won 10 games in like 13 years. I don't understand what why they're so high and mighty about their team. That being said, they're the gonna win the division, most likely. They're the best team right now, most likely in this division because they're more talented than Houston is, right? They're just more talented overall. Houston has the better quarterback, and that's the concern if you're trying to pick who wins the division. Better quarterback. And Bill O'Brien, by the way, is not a, a bad regular season coach. He actually they win a lot of games in Houston. He's just bad in the playoffs. He's a terrible general manager. And don't but you not, think that people act like he's a worse coach because he's yes. a bad general manager? Yes. Like people, people forget that he's actually been a great coach, even coordinator. But yeah. people just think because he can't do the other thing, he can't coach. Correct. So I think I give the Titans a slight edge, um, but I do not expect Tannehill to be the same guy as he was last year. I mean, that, that just there's no history that you can get that same performance year after year. I worry about you know focusing on the run game so much, um, but I do think the Titans are just more talented and have a good coach. I, I give them the slight edge. What about Indianapolis, Myron? I mean, I, well, first of all, who are you picking? And then the history of bringing in a guy like Phillip Rivers and it working – for a long time, it never worked, but then it started to work a little bit in the, in the last couple of years with Peyton Manning. You know, Favre had that year in Minnesota where they did. Do you think it works with Phillip Rivers? I mean, they got that offensive line that if you look at what they did with Andrew Luck in his last year. Hey, and what's the guy's name that him? Jeff loves so much? Quentin that Nelson. Just, you could Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson's a monster. Make out with on the airwaves all the time. But go ahead. <laughs> he, he goes to bat with Quentin Nelson when people say, uh, what did he give up, like eight blocks or something? Uh, you know, really low number of uh, plays where he got beat. It's very rare. But yes, uh, Jeff, Jeff definitely stood up for him. I mean, that offensive line, you can make a lot of guys look good. Although Jacoby Brissett, when he had to be anything more than like a system quarterback, struggled 
But I think Phillip Rivers has enough left to be solid, hand the ball off to Marlon Mack a bunch of times, uh, put yourself in position to win. But I think that South is just tough. Jacksonville is basically a Big 12 team this year, which they should play a Big 12 schedule. Uh, But Tennessee adding Jadavian Clowney, who – and I don't understand this, Jeff. I mean, a lot of you smart NFL people talk about his technique and, you know, some of the weaknesses within his game. I just see a freak of nature who – Going to that defense yeah. adds so much more to what Mike Vrabel already has access to. And a guy ran Tannehill who I don't know if he can duplicate what he did being such a miraculous uh, a replacement yeah. essentially last year. But I, I think Tennessee's the team, team to beat. I love, though, that Houston gave the Andre Hopkins that amazing extent. Oh, I'm sorry, Arizona did that. They <laughs> traded away Deshaun Watson's top target. Another Bill O'Brien uh, – decision that I guess might make sense 10 years from now. But it's Tennessee's division, in my opinion. Uh, the thing about the Colts, and I'll get back to Clowney in a second, is that I just don't trust Phillip Rivers. I, I've watched him play for years with the Chargers and I guess the Chiefs, and he has less weapons on the edge now. Yes, he's better offensive line, but I just I don't I don't see him with the arm strength to do this. Do you First, how good do you like like how good do you think he I've always wondered about him, depending on who you talk to, he's either really underrated or overrated and I've always said it's because we never none of us ever see him play he plays out there for a team that's never on television and so we see these like huge stats but we don't really know how good he is I think you do you think his career has been overrated even though his numbers are crazy uh I don't think it's been overrated um I think that that is a little slightly underrated I mean what he what he did for so long with that bad offensive line is pretty impressive um and when he had some help, which was a run game, essentially, they went to the AFC Championship game. Like He was playing very well. He got hurt that one season. Is he a Hall of Famer? I, I, I don't know. I, I, he I has to be. So if he's a Hall of Famer, then Eli's in, right? Oh, we yeah. had We're... this conversation like five times on the show. He's, Eli's a Hall of Famer. He went. Okay, two, I agree. He won two throws. He's all famous. So I, I agree. Okay. All right. So, yeah, so yeah, I, I think that that uh, he's a little underrated, but again, I I don't think he's the guy to lead this team this year either to win the division. To get to your clowny point, real quick, uh, Myron, everyone still looks at him as the guy that knocked off the Michigan running backs helmet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. Like that's what he is. Everyone still. <laughs> he's just way too inconsistent. That's why no one wanted to pay him this year. You know, he'll have four or five games where he doesn't really affect the game. Then he'll have one game, you know, Niners, Seahawks this year when he had like 11 total hits, pressures, and sacks. And that's why no one paid him. Is, is You're not getting that consistent performance each and every week to where you're like, I got to pay this guy $22 million a year because he's affecting the game every single week. All right, let's switch gears. The Chiefs are going to win the West. The Chiefs are probably going to win the Super Bowl. So, and I, everybody knows how good Mahomes is. So I actually think that's kind of a waste of a conversation, but Jeff, what about the other people on the team, including your brother who, who is on the team, but the chiefs, yeah. I, I, I think everyone only talks about Mahomes, but they have crazy weapons. And then they yeah. bring in some guy with three names and now he's going to everybody's favorite for the rookie of the year. Like they're really good even outside of him. Yeah. Um, if you look at their top seven or eight players, I think it's hard to find other teams that have this talent, right? You go Mahomes, you go Travis Kelsey, you go Tyreek Hill, Frank Clark, Honey Badger at safety, Chris Jones, my brother. I mean, those are seven 
elite players. You want to add in even a McCole Hardman, who's an up-and-coming rookie, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Juan Thornhill, who played safety last year, was hurt, but now he's, he's um, you know, Mike Pinnell, their, their nose tackle, he's suspended for the first couple of weeks, but he's a fantastic player as well. Uh, Eric Fisher, left tackle. I mean, you, these, all these, they just, they're a team loaded full of weapons. And to me, it's about health for them. They can stay healthy. Otherwise, I don't really see many people stopping them. I, I just, I, I, the only time they were stopped last year was when Mahomes was hurt. Otherwise, no one will stop them. Are we setting up for a few years, Myron, here, where this becomes like the AFC East, where not only does one team dominate, but the other teams suck? And so it makes it to where, like, they do- they really dominate and they're the one seed every year? Yeah, because even if you look better, you're still going to be so much worse than them with, with Mahomes. I mean, yeah. like, everybody's talking about this crazy deal and how that's going to affect the salary cap and Kansas City's ability to put talent around him. But listen, Matt. You'll take a pay cut to play with that dude because you got a chance to win a Super yep. Bowl. And that, to me, is going to be their greatest strength over the next 10 years is guys are going to say, put me next to that dude, and he's just going to have this revolving door of great players in the league, man. And I don't see how anybody, you know, Denver, the, the Vegas Raiders, uh, you know, L.A., I don't, think, I don't see how they keep up with that guy and the talent that will keep coming through Kansas City because of him. I think I got angry again because they traded Lynn Bowden, but I want to like John Gruden. Like I love the hard knocks with him. Knock if you hear me and all this, but I sort of wonder like, is he, is he a dude that the time has passed and it's almost like you brought in a 90s sitcom character and put him on the office and tried to make it to where people thought it was funny. Like, I feel like that's going to fail, isn't it? He's not going to win there. I think Carr is the problem. I don't think Carr is very good. Um, and that's the, the, the issue is that it's hard to judge Gruden because Carr just doesn't have the, that whatever it factor you want to say. It's just, it doesn't have it. Um, they've been sporadic with drafting as well, which uh, helps and hurts. You know, their defense is like you know, just blah. Um, I think Gruden can coach. The issue they had last year was they played very poorly in the second half of games. So the first part of games, Gruden was on. They were on script. They were ready to go. And the adjustment wasn't there. So Gruden's got to improve those second half adjustments. And Carr just has to be just better in general. And I just, you know, I, I don't, he got, he did, guys, he did get one MVP pick this year. So one person decided to vote him for, did for they MVP. really? His, yeah, his, his brother, who does it every single year, his brother <laughs> voted him, his brother voted him to win the MVP for John Gruden to win coach of the year and Hunter Renfro to lead the NFL in touchdowns. I didn't. So why do they keep letting him vote? Good question. So we can make fun of them? Oh, okay. Well, fair enough. Uh, I, I'm all right with that. Um, Denver, the Drew Drew Locke. I watched him play at Missouri. I think he also played at Eastern Kentucky. Uh, well, no, Shocking. he played East, but Kentucky reference. <laughs> but when he was at uh, when he was at Missouri, it felt like he was always heaving at 50 yards as he was getting tackled by six guys. And uh, his first year was really good, and then I felt like it was a huge drop off. But people in Denver seem to think he's going to be a superstar. Do you, Myron? You know, it's interesting, Matt. This is the ninth consecutive season where Broncos fans told us that their quarterback was going to be a superstar. <laughs> yeah. So if you if you take if you're taking that into account, I mean, I, I I don't know, man. I don't I don't see it. Like Denver to me is just one of those perennial six and ten, seven and nine kind of teams that will have a stretch where it looks like if they win three of the next five, they're going to be a playoff team. They're going to fall short. I mean, even with Drew Locke, I just think, um, you know, you got to look at the leadership and the the mistakes that they've continued to make 
all around. I, I don't see the Broncos being this great team under Drew. I don't think Drew makes these great strides. He had his moments, certainly, last season, but I feel like we've heard the same story over and over again about this team. It's been all downhill since the Super Bowl. All right, so Chiefs or Ravens in the Super Bowl? I know it's going to be one of those two for you. I'm going to take the Chiefs again. Jeff? Um, look, I can easily pick the Chiefs. Uh, I'm going to go with the Ravens just because – You hate your brother? Hard, it's hard – yes. Um, it's, <laughs> it's hard – it's just hard to repeat in the NFL. I think the Ravens feel like they're due to win this matchup eventually. And, and they might have the one seed just vir- kind of virtuous schedule. And I just think Baltimore is going to get it done this year. Myron? Yeah, that dude was down double digits against the best defense in football, came back to win. I'm not picking against the Chiefs. Give me the Chiefs. All right. Well, before we get to the NFC, my bookie. You know, Jeff likes to gamble a lot. I don't know if he has any endorsement deals, so I won't make him contribute to to the my bookie read. But nevertheless, if you have never gambled on sports, here's your year to start. It's going to be legal in Kentucky next year so you get started on your app now with my bookie invest in your intuition and celebrate the nfl my promo code is matt jones and whatever you deposit they will double it up to a thousand dollars that's kind of crazy if you use the promo code matt jones add excitement to your life and bet a number of you have said like you couldn't get it to work i think you have to put it in all caps so go matt jones and double your first deposit it's simple make your picks Win big at my bookie. I had not used my bookie, I'll be honest with you, until they started on the podcast. And now I actually really like how the, the platform's set up. So mybookie.com, use the promo code Matt Jones, double your first deposit. All right, let's go to the NFC. Jeff, the NFC East, uh, your guy Daniel Jones there is in New York. You got the Washington football team. I know Myron's going to pick the Cowboy cause, Cowboys because he only wants to talk about the Cowboys. You like the Cowboys, you like the Eagles, or do you like a surprise? So I have my own podcast. Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you. We talk about football, and that is we such did... a perfect name for your podcast. Great. Jeff it's Schwartz it's... is smarter than you. It's like, a fantastic I, podcast. I, I, like I can't think of a more appropriate podcast for the person than Jeff's name. It's, fa- it's fantastic. It's great. Glad you appreciate it. Some people take it seriously, and they're like they get really get really angry with it. Um, so we did NFC East over unders, and I came into the the podcast thinking to myself, I'm going with the Eagles. This is before Dillard got hurt. Like I'm going with the Eagles, and then I looked at the, the Cowboys roster, and I looked at the Eagles roster. I looked at what happened last year. The Cowboys were terrible in close games, and they, they were terrible in the fourth quarter against playoff teams. And the Cowboys are so much better than the Eagles as far as their roster. They have a coach now, I think, that'll help the offense kind of push through some at some moments. They have a very talented defense. It's the Cowboys all the way, in my opinion. And I would not be surprised if they won the NFC in the end. I mean, they're they're that talented. Now, the only question I have is McCarthy. When he was in Green Bay, he got very stagnant on offense. And has he really reinvented himself like he said that he's going to do is the question I have. But give me the Cowboys. There's been no repeat winner in the NFC East since 2004. No repeat what? What did you say? Winner. Said winner. It's, not what you, it's not what you said. Everybody rewind it 15 <laughs> seconds. You I said I, there'd been no repeat wiener in the NFC. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, no repeat wiener then. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, I don't even, I don't, that's interesting. Okay. Well, no, no repeat wieners since 2004 <laughs> in the NFC East. Um, and this will be, uh, again, there would no, no be, there would not be a repeat wiener 
in the NFC East. I'm going to say that now from the rest of the podcast. <laughs> Might as well. Uh, actually, I think the most important thing Jeff said there, the one that as a sort of guy who likes gambling I saw, is how many close games Dallas lost. Like if you just assume that in close games there's a level of randomness to some extent and you think it will balance itself out, then you got to love da- uh, Dallas for that very reason, Myron. Yeah, I mean, they always have a chance. The problem is it, it oftentimes went against them. Um, and the challenge has been they haven't risen to what they look like on, on paper. I mean, like to me with the Cowboys, it have been a lot of times it's like, you know, you're playing high school ball and the team comes in and they got three dudes who are 6'9", six, 6'8", six, and you're like, oh, man, we're going to lose. And you find out, oh, maybe they're not as good as we thought. Like that's Dallas on paper. And the thing about McCarthy is, with the Jets point, like McCarthy is an old school dude and he's a stubborn dude. And the problem in Green Bay was that they won the Super Bowl and he figured, I'm going to keep doing the same exact yeah. thing and we'll win two or three more. And when it was clear that the league was changing, he stayed the same. And that's my big concern about Dallas. It ain't the talent. They're going to win on talent alone. But in terms of whether or not they're like a real contender, it's whether Mike McCarthy has truly adapted to like the modern game. He's saying all the right things. But that's what you say when you want to get hired for a job. All these early press conferences have been, hey, I'm an analytics guy. I'm not the same coach I was a decade ago. Let's see. Because I think guys like Mark McCarthy have a tendency to say things early. And then by week eight, he's right back doing the same things that he was doing before. And if that happens, that Prescott will suffer as a result. The team will suffer. But it seems like they got too much talent to be anything but at least a team that advances at least one game in the playoffs. Do you, uh, if you were the whole Dak Prescott, I feel like every show I ever go on, they're like, you think Dak Prescott should get paid or not? I feel like that's always a conversation. But do you think it affects at all a team, like a dude who thinks I should be getting what Deshaun Watson got down the road? Jeff, at some point, that's got to affect them, doesn't it? Or But you think they're just able to act like it doesn't happen? Well, for Dak specifically, it was very clear that he was only going to sign back with Dallas if he got the specific deal he wanted, which was that extra year that I mean, they cut off the, the year. The, he wanted a four-year deal like, like Watson got. Dallas wanted a five-year deal. And I contend all along that Dallas doesn't truly love Dak like people think that they do. And I'll give you a good example of why. Mike McCarthy gets the job. And what, what, if you got the job, what would your first call be after you get that job? Who would you call first? Well, you'd call him first. Right. McCarthy said after a week he had not talked to Dak once after the first week together. Like Why that, would you admit that's, that? That's, shock, that's shocking to me. Like, <laughs> like, like, not, like, not even driving. Like, hey, buddy, not, not a, like nothing. Right? Like, not, not talk to him at all. Not talk to him at all. And you know, obviously, Dallas has refused to move off their their contract offer, which is just over one year, essentially one year. They refused to, to to move off of that. And so, I think Dak has always kind of known that the love might not be there and he's played through it. And so I think he's fine. He understands he's in a great spot. Quarterbacks do not in his position, very rarely get hurt to an extent where they, where they cannot get paid the next year. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater was not even in a contract year, tore his knee up and look, he got $30 million last season. Right. I mean, like, so I don't think Dak's worried about that. I think Dak will go out and play motivated to play. Now the question becomes how much do you pay him? Look, is he worth 40 million a year? Probably not, but that's the going rate for a quarterback, and that's what he's going to get. Just be, yeah. get, that, get ready for it, folks. You're only worth it if somebody will give it to you. Uh, exactly. Let me ask you about Washington for just a second. The, I, Rachel really loves that they call themselves the Washington football team because it's, like, so generic. Uh, but also, 
there's never been a team I can think of with a crazier offseason, just all the way around. And I feel like no one talks about Washington ever for what actually happens on the field. Does that change this year or is this just a circus? I mean, at some point, does Daniel Snyder just have to go away so that they can move on <laughs> to the next generation? I think people better pay attention to this investigation that the NFL has taken over with regard to Snyder, because I, I think if you were going to make a move and kind of push him out, you don't do it now. You do it as the season gets going and there's so much buzz about everything else that you finally have football. I just, it's hard for me to envision a world where Daniel Snyder in this climate, after everything attached to his name, attached to his team, all the accusations, I don't see how he's an owner of an NFL team by the end of the year. And I don't know how that doesn't become the main narrative of a bad team. Like, I mean, under Rivera, I don't think they're, uh, he's been helped by the fact that there's so much else going on in the world. Yes. Like, Like there's a presidential election and COVID and all this stuff. But I mean, the story that they are like filming the cheerleaders, like when oh, they're man. changing and stuff, like it's crazy how man. bad the stories are. My, Myron Jeff and I, it feels like they just kind of, he's only helped by the fact that the world's not Agreed. focused on it. Yeah. Heard- and he's got his own situation. He's, I mean, he's dealing with cancer. I mean, he's, he's under, he's taking chemo. I mean, he's got all kinds of things going on. I just think if you're a player on that team, Jeff, I don't yeah. care how well you play. Every game is going to be, What's up with your owner? What's the latest on that situation? How does it feel to play for an owner who's been accused of all these things? In this era, they can't escape those questions. And I actually think Washington has a chance to win seven games. Like I, I, like I, I, I think they're they have a chance to to go over their win total because they they are they are ta- like look at their roster guys like they have a lot of talent on their roster. They're really good on defense, right? They have a pass rusher. And Ron Rivera will have that defense right. I think Dwayne Haskins has a chance with a real OC and like a real coach and they have real coaches. I, I know their staff, most of the staff was down here in Charlotte, moved up to uh, Washington with, with Ron Rivera, but Ron Rivera not being there to deal with his cancer is a concern of mine. He's not, I think today was his first week of chemo. So he's not, like, week one, he's not even in the building, man. And you add that to what Myron's talking about with, with the white noise around Daniel Snyder. And you guys are totally right. There's been two separate stories, right? The, the the sexual misconduct of a lot of members of the, and filming cheerleaders, two yeah. separate stories, not just like one maybe story, one with like corroborating witnesses and the other with corroborating witnesses, like both two stories. Like these are massive stories. Any other time, Dan Snyder would be just gone. So um, I, I want to like Washington this year because I do think they have a lot of pieces that can be really good. But to everything you guys have said, I just don't know how you can trust they're going to win a lot of games this year. Let's go to the NFC North, former Central, uh, which has got my Bears. Uh, I'll, I'm assuming you're not going to pick the Bears to win. So let's switch. Let's say Vikings or Packers. I also assume you will not pick the Lions. Uh, you're not going to pick the Lions. Are you sure? Are you sure about this? Uh, don't do it. All right, man. go okay. for it. Are you picking the Lions? Every year, and I'm actually just weirdly wearing my Lions shirt today. This is not why. Um, every year there's a worst to first, not every year. There wasn't one last year, but we get worst to first, right? Like almost every year, worst to first. The best candidates here is the Lions. I'll tell you why. It's not the Cardinals. The Cardinals it's playing in a division that, that's too tough. Their coach last wears Lions, their hat backwards. You don't win a division when your back, coach wears the hat backwards. A backwards hat guy. <laughs> you don't like uh, that. The, 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 the Colin Coward theory. Um, 
I there were three three and one last year when Stafford was healthy, and a couple of those games, like the Chiefs game, they could have easily won, right? I mean, that was week four. They, they the Chiefs drove down and win that game at the end. Offensively, they're going to be really good. You can argue they have the best trio of wide receivers in the NFL. They have a young tight end. Their offensive line is fine, and Stafford's healthy. Defensively is the question, right? Is can they generate a pass rush? Can Jeff Okuda come in right away and lock down one side of the field? And how will schematically that defense play? But if you're looking at, again, the worst to first team, it is most likely the Lions. Do I think they win the division? Probably not. But it's worth thinking about them as that team. I would go with the Vikings most likely. I think the Vikings – um, are the better coach team in the division. They're very talented. Cousins is, is good enough. Um, I, I would lean toward the Vikings, but I'm telling you guys, the Lions are going to be better than people think. Packers oh, and Vikings are both your hometowns, Myron, If for people who <laughs> listen. You like to claim all of them. Which one wins the division? Well, let me say about Jeff's thing that, you know, the Lions could get better. I love these 1992 takes. I mean, because it's important for us to keep saying, the same thing over the course of 20 <laughs> years, maybe we'll be right. Uh, to me, Green Bay is a team that decided they don't care about this year when they didn't add a receiver uh, for Aaron Rodgers, when they didn't get him more help in the draft. You reach the NFC Championship game and you basically say, give me Jordan Love, it's time to build for the future. Matt LaFleur is not, you know, he, he's clearly showing his hand and what he intends to do with this team when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, and that's built for the future. I think Green Bay won a lot of close games that they just won't win this year. They got lucky a bunch, um, and, and things went their way, and I just don't think that's a recipe to have back-to-back consistent seasons. To me, Minnesota adding uh, Yannick Ngakwe out of Jacksonville. He's on one end of the D-line. You got Daniel Hunter on the other. Uh, I think that defense will be better adding a guy like that. Offensively, Dalvin Cook, I think it's going to be – an all-pro kind of player. Kirk Cousins, if they can protect him, will be good in those scenarios. <laughs> you love Adam Thielen healthy. Well, no, nah, I just – You it, hate well, Kirk they, Cousins more than I just no, like no, no, Lamar I, Jackson. I, 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 accept, I accept that Kirk Cousins in the perfect scenario can be a good quarterback, uh, but not that. $84 million worth. That's still up, up – uh, it's still in question. But Adam Thielen gets healthy. There's a lot of reason to believe that the Vikings, I think, win – that division, I just don't know how much Green Bay cares about making a push right now. I mean, they're they're thinking toward the future. I, I'm with you, Myron. There, yeah, that was. I, I can't believe if you're if you're Aaron Rodgers, I don't know how you take the Jordan Love pick happily because we'll talk about my Bears. Yes, Mitchell Trubisky uh, named the starter. I actually am glad they did that, Jeff, because Nick Foles has always been better coming in, like as a second guy. And also, I just want it proven that he's not the guy so we don't keep going with him and give him an extension. The Bears are in the worst spot in all the NFL. The worst spot. Okay, well, they're, just calm down. They're not, they're, the they're, not, they're not good enough to win the Super Bowl. They're not bad enough to draft in the top seven, right? Like, they're just in a bad spot. Like, you're just an 8-8 team. Worst spot would be in the NFL. And you're going to be 8-8 eight eight again this year, 9-7, and 7-9, seven, seven and nine, around those, you know, the, the Jeff Fisher zone. And... You're gonna have to decide after the year. I mean, we went we went eight and eight, we went nine and seven. Like, should we just do we keep him or not? No. And it sets <laughs> Don't you back. Keep him. But but so are you gonna sign Dak Prescott for forty million next See, year? See, my view though is if you you have a, you have you have a couple options. You can either you know sign Dak Prescott. I wouldn't sign him, but you can go do the Kirk Cousins sign whatever, 
or just go with a midland quarterback because to me the worst thing to do is to pay a, a midland quarterback high money which is what you'll do if you re-sign trubisky i don't know why we didn't sign cam newton i'm still mad we didn't sign cam Newton. that, that was the problem you didn't sign cam like that that was that was the problem that to me that was the thing to do yeah. all right let's go to the uh south the nfc i mean i think everybody is fascinated by tom brady uh in, in tampa he wins there, right, Myron? I mean, like, don't they don't they win? Like, that's either going to be a huge success or a failure, and I think it's much more likely success, right? Yeah, all you need to know about Tampa Bay is that Jameis Winston tried his best to mess that up and still threw for 5,000 yards. I mean, that to me is the most amazing thing about Tampa Bay and that offense. The turnovers were ridiculous. That obviously held him back. But, like, he made all those mistakes, still threw for 5,000 yards. To me, this feels like Drew Brees getting Michael Thomas late in his career. You add that wide receiving core. Leonard Fournette comes in. I think Tampa Bay is going to be a great team. And I, I think uh, that's that's their division. Now, New Orleans will be right there. But I, I got to give the edge to Tom Brady and that Tampa Bay team. I think he's going to be great. In that Isn't uniform. that the best weapons Brady's ever had? I yeah. mean, seriously, like yep. he has never in his career, Jeff, had better weapons than what he'll have this year. He never has. Um, the reason why I'm picking the Saints is I think with this weird offseason, it's going to be tough for Tampa's offense to be fully optimal, like, you know, like fully going for the first month of the season. Now, the schedule's pretty easy outside of New Orleans week one, so it might not be a problem. But I get New Orleans, who is a veteran team that just can, you can throw them out and play. Like they're just ready to go, they're ready to play. Yeah. It's clear their window is now. Like they understand. I mean, they can sign Alvin Kamara. They try to do this weird sign and trade for 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 uh, for Clowney. Tampa Bay feels like next year is their year. Like you get through this weird this weird year. Brady gets more comfortable. He's even admitted like the offense is not what I've run before. It's it's not what he's done before. I just think it takes two or three extra weeks to get going, and that one loss you have in that time when you wouldn't normally lose will cost you the division. But you still could see them in the Super Bowl. Oh, totally, yes, because they're really good on defense and they're good on offense. And Brady's done it before. I, mean, I think the I, I think being there and doing it's important. Plus, the Saints, by the way, have kind of choked the last two postseasons. Right? Yeah, they yeah. had a home they had a home NFC Championship game against the Rams, lost in overtime, and they let they let Myron's boy Cousins go in there and light them up last year at home. So, um, yeah, I will I will say one 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 last thing. We talk about value. It's my last value play of the day. Falcons plus 700 to win that division is I think the second I think for a third place team is like the worst odds of, of any division the Falcons are really good guys I, I don't know why they're not being respected here on paper obviously they're good they, that's the question and will they play defense but Matt Ryan's gonna have a huge season on that offense I don't know how many times in history has a division had three Hall of Fame quarterbacks in it Matt Ryan's definitely a Hall of Famer is he? I mean, I don't know if he's definitely, but I think he's borderline and probably gets in. He, he so it, no, I, I think he's in that conversation. I think he's in that weird he, Matthew Stafford, Philip Rivers kind of. He'll play seven or ten more years. Still, I mean, he's not, he's he'll play for another seven years, right? I mean, he's not. I'm we're the same draft class, I think, or he's one year before me, and I'm thirty four. So he's got seven more years left. I, I think he'll get in. I just think if he gets in. All of these borderline guys are gonna have to get in too. I mean, that's all. I, I think he. Gets well, I mean, in. why do you? I, I would disagree with you there. Like, I know Dan Orlovsky used to love Matthew Stafford, but why do I have to let in Matthew Stafford? I mean, Matt Ryan has won. 
right? Matt, Matt, Matt Ryan's been to a Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford hasn't won anything ever. So, like, why do I have to let him in? I, I think that's going to be the question, though, going forward is, like, are we going to let guys in based on volume? Because Matthew Stafford, I yes. believe, is 32. Oh, he's I mean, he might records. play, yeah, six, seven more years and just destroy all the records, put up crazy career passing numbers. So I think we're going to have to make decisions about guys like that if we're just saying, yeah, listen, well, you I mean, put up it's crazy hard not to put him in if he owns all the records. That would be a difficult and, thing. And, like, to do. And, and that's the question is that as players play longer, are we just looking at stats like longevity stats? I mean, look, this might, yeah. I know people don't, don't like this. Like Frank Gordon, he's not a Hall of Famer. He's not a Hall of Famer. He's just played a long time. Myron, outside of his one season in 2006, I think it was, he's not been a top three rusher in the NFL. Like not even you, you wouldn't even list him in the top three. Uh, not not just stats, but like just general talents in the NFL. He's made one or two All Pros in like 20 years. Like he's just a long jet. Like so, Stafford. Your point about Stafford, he's going to own all the passing records, touchdowns, yards, all this stuff. But again, if he ends up with no playoff wins. How is he in the Hall of Fame? Does he have no time. playoff wins at all? I don't think so. These one you see, I, that to me would disqualify. I think like, he's 0 for no 1 or 0 for 2, wins. right? I mean, they should have beat the Cowboys a couple years ago. Uh, but I think he's 0 for 2, 0 for 1 in the playoffs. Well, I didn't even realize that. Well, and by the way, so you got the Saints. I'm taking the Bucks. Who do you have, Myron? Oh, uh, Bucks for sure. All right, let's go to the West. Uh if there's one thing that's consistent throughout history, the team that loses the Super Bowl sucks the next year. Like it happens like an absurd rate. I never liked Jimmy Garoppolo to begin with because he's too handsome and I don't like that. And so I'm, I am all in on anyone else. I'll take the Seahawks because I kind of like them. Uh, what about you, Jeff? Don't give me that little snarl. Like, oh, how could you pick the Seahawks? You, you might start for them and rush the passer. They have no That's one to fine. run. I'm no a good to, rushing I'm the passer defense. guy. Yeah. Haven't you seen me I like it? Russell Wilson a lot. But they didn't get better this offseason. I mean, well, just Jamal I didn't Adams. Think you got better this offseason either, but I still I, had I, have, I, got, I got a tan right now for my vacation this past weekend. <laughs> I look better than I did last year at this time. Um, you know, I just think that they, you know, Jamal Adams to me, great trade, but doesn't move the needle very much as far as wins and losses, in my opinion, for them. Russell Wilson's that guy, and they just refuse to open up the offense for him. The Niners, interesting, the Super Bowl hangover. The Eagles the following year, by the way, after they won the Super Bowl, they they went to the playoffs the following season. Now, but that's they, a win. I'm talking about losses. Yeah, the losing it's is very, the New England is like the only team yeah. that has been good off a lost right. Super Bowl. So here's my thing about, about that is that they didn't really have time to have a hangover this year because there was no practice. Like they were just COVID hit. I mean, it's the same thing with the Chiefs. The Chiefs weren't even able to celebrate their, their championship because as soon as Super Bowl was over, COVID hit. Everyone was shut down. Like the, like the thought about losing the Super Bowl was gone. They weren't in the facility. They weren't, no one was talking about the Super Bowl anymore. And they're still really good guys. Like they lost Joe Staley and upgraded, upgraded with Trent Williams. Their pass rush is just as good. It's, it comes down to Jimmy G. And I think they're the best coach team in the division. They're the most talented team in the division. I think Arizona's going to be really good, but not good enough. I think the Rams are going to be the surprise team this year. We think it's like, oh, wow, they only won six games. It's going to be the Rams this year. And then the Niners win the division. By the way, is this the only – this feels like a division, Myron, where any of the teams could win it, and I wouldn't be shocked. Like, like I, I mean, I if you told me pick one to four and then I got it completely reversed – Probably it would take Jimmy G getting hurt for that to happen with San Francisco, but it wouldn't shock me if you if you had any of the four win. 
I mean, Kyler Murray getting DeAndre Hopkins is a big deal, in my opinion. If that defense can improve in Arizona, yeah, I think it's too tough for them to win it, maybe. But but they're gonna mess up a bunch of playoff runs. They're gonna they're gonna win games. I think against good teams this year. Yeah. Um, I feel like San Francisco's problem is like those great defensive teams tend to go away uh, yeah. because it's such an offensive league. Like think about how we were talking about Chicago and Khalil Mack just two years ago and what they were going to do. You know, think about those great Baltimore teams and just the space between their Super Bowl wins, the the great Tampa Bay team of the early 2000s. Oh, man, Aaron Donald with the Rams, they're going to be unstoppable. They didn't make the playoffs last year. So I think these teams where we're going, oh, man, that defense is so good. They're going to stop everybody. Their windows close. Whereas if you have a great quarterback like Russell Wilson, to me, that's who I'm picking because I think he's going to be MVP. Like if you don't have Lamar Jackson doing what he did, all the focus on Deshaun Watson and Mahomes and all the great quarterbacks in the league. I mean, we would have been talking way more about Russell Wilson, who just carried Seattle to a yeah. point where they're one win away from changing their whole path to the playoffs. I mean, that that to me was the thing we didn't talk enough about was how good he is. And now people are spending the offseason going, is Russell Wilson an all-time great? You, you yes. know, what's his standing in the league? I'm like, what are you guys talking about? This guy, if they hand the ball to Marshawn Lynch, he has two Super Bowls, and we're not no, talking about any doing, of this we're stuff. Not doing that, we're not doing that thing again. There I was mean, nowhere to run the ball. <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> well, well, doing well that a, lot of people dis- a lot of people think otherwise. But Russell Wilson, I think, is MVP this year, and I think <laughs> Seattle wins the division. I don't think we're, think we're doing And I got today. another bold prediction. I got another bold prediction. The Rams fail to live up to expectations again. Sean McVay goes into 2021 on the hot seat. Yes, yes, I'm with you. I agree. The Rams are my team this year that's going to win six games and be like, everyone's going to be like, wow, because they, they didn't get better this offseason. Nothing, they nope. didn't get better at all. And McVay showed no ability last year to change his offense. Zero. Everyone figure it out. They know what they're doing. Their offense line's a mess, and they didn't fix it at all. I, I, the Rams are my favorite under bet of the season for win total, by far. I love that. That's 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 a huge. I'd like to hear you and Orlovsky debate Sean McVay because Orlovsky's <laughs> got posters of Sean McVay up hanging on his on his. He's probably wall. playing golf with him right now. So. Oh, I mean they they love it. Uh, let me ask you this: If I said to you tomorrow the four quarterbacks in the NFC West, let's assume you would take Russell Wilson first. Who you taking two, three, four? Not just for this year, but for your franchise oh. for the future. Murray two by far. That's not the only that's even a question, right? Murray two, uh, Jimmy three, and Goff four. What do you mean it's not a question? You've seen one oh, year not... of Kyler Murray. Like, I think that's at least yeah. a question. I mean, I'm taking Garoppolo. I, I mean, number two behind Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. then three Murray. I think Murray has that potential. Listen, if Garoppolo just holds on to a double-digit lead at the end of the Super Bowl, we're having a whole different conversation but about who he is. everything you all say about Garoppolo the same thing you were saying about Goff the year before? Yes. Oh, it could change. Uh-huh. I mean, it, but, but I think golf, golf has such a tremendous, like, decline. But it wasn't just him. It was like that whole team. And when that team needed him to play at the same, at a higher level, he couldn't do it. Garoppolo doesn't have to do that if this defense stays the same. He just has to be, like, consistently above average with that team. But I don't know, man. I'm picking them number two. <laughs> just for the record, Jeff has already tweeted 
like during this pod, during the taping of this podcast, he has already tweeted about the Seattle. So like right now, you're not, there are people reading that going, why is Jeff tweeting Matt Myron about us, about Seattle's Super Bowl play? But when you listen to the podcast, you'll be able to know why, which is very exciting. All right. Pick your NFC Super Bowl representative, Jeff. Um, I, I, you know what, I'm going to go with the Saints. Um, I just think they, they have to do it this year. Otherwise, they're never going to get – like, this is it. This is their last year to do it. They all know it. Um, they're the most veteran team in a season that I think this is much needed to be a veteran team. Um, I'm going with the Saints. My, like we said, said the same thing about the Saints. They've had a lot of chances. Uh, right division, wrong team. Tampa Bay and Tom Brady, they go – to the Super Bowl out of the NFC, man. There's too much talent with Brady for them not to be anywhere but the Super Bowl. I have picked the Saints to the Super Bowl the last two years and have been angry about it. But, I mean, I've picked them in the preseason both years. Both years we would start, We would, if you remember, we would do the first show on Countdown to Kickoff, and I would pick the Saints. And I felt confident because everybody else's picks exploded, and I was like, still have the Saints, still have the Saints. And then, of course, they choke in the playoffs. What's crazy to me is I don't like any of the teams in the NFC to go to the Super Bowls, but somebody has to. I mean, I think <laughs> I think the Saints have been too unlucky. The Bucs, I agree with Jeff, are one year away. I refuse to pick the Cowboys because they'll choke. I don't like Kirk Cousins in the playoffs. I don't feel like the Packers have enough. I'm not picking Jimmy G. It doesn't feel like there's enough talent in Seattle. But somebody's got to go, right? Like, I mean, somebody has to make it. So I'm going to take <laughs> – Yes, I'll take the Cowboys, which I don't want to take the Cowboys because I don't feel like they're good enough. But somebody's got to go, and I guess it's the Cowboys. Let me ask you a couple questions that are more big picture. No fans or very few fans. Forget about atmosphere. Does it change, Jeff, who wins games? Are their teams hurt by it? What's the effect? Uh, Home field, for instance, will it matter? Does home field matter? It matters, but we're seeing it matter less. Like the Chiefs lost three home games last year, including obviously one when Mahomes was out. Seattle lost three home games last year. First time Wilson had lost more than two in any year he was a quarterback in Seattle. Um, You know, the Saints now have lost two home playoff games. They didn't lose a home playoff game, I think, for Breeze's first seven home playoff games. So we're seeing that home field advantage is not as important anymore. Um, The thing with with no crowd, it's less about the crowd noise, in my opinion, and more about just getting like that juice from the crowd, right? Like walking into a stadium and being completely empty is going to be a very odd feeling. You're going to have to generate your own excitement, your own energy, your own celebrations. You know, imagine getting a sack if you're at the end and no one's cheering for you. You score a touchdown. (laughs) No one's cheering for you. Like it's going to be a very odd feeling for players that are, that use the emotion of the crowd, good and bad, right? You're being booed. You're being cheered to get yourself going to play football. So players that are self-starters, um, players that don't need that crowd love will play much better this season. I do not think it matters for like, if you someone has 13,000 fans versus no fans, but the 13,000 fans would be nice because everyone will be just nice to have fans there. You'll feel more energetic playing that game. Myron, do you think we've talked some on Saturdays about not talking about the NFL, that there's like no, I mean, I can't imagine a season with less hype. Like I, I mentioned on my radio show this morning, hey, the NFL starts in two days. And we had somebody call in and go, really? I didn't know that. <laughs> like, I mean, it, it, with, with no preseason, I just don't think people totally realize it. Do you think there will be less 
interest or do you think everybody picks right back up? Like the Derby this weekend, I knew the ratings would be down, but they were half of what they normally are. And that is sort of amazing to me. You know, the narrative about the NBA has been, well, nobody's watching. Well, the NBA only lost like 23%. Do you think the NFL, it's going to take a while for people to get back into it? I, I do think the people that we know in our circles who are sports people know, I don't know if that next tier knows that Thursday football is happening. I think that group, it might take them a while. And that's the reason why the NFL is as big as it is. It's that casual fan who pays attention on Thursdays and Sundays. I was talking to a guy, uh, he's a basketball guy, but he was said, Hey man, I, I want to do something Sunday. I was like, nah, man, you can't do it Sunday. It's the first day of the NFL season. And he was like, oh, yeah. So I worry that, like, there are a lot of people who are just focused on other things. And I think those first weeks, ratings might take a hit. It'll pick back up, though. I mean, the NFL is just too much of a of a monster. But I do wonder this. What if the games are terrible? Like, like what if it just doesn't look great? Like, college football? Yeah, we got it. It has not looked great so far. What if the NFL is the same way? Will that turn people off? I don't know. That's a really good question because, you know, the NBA, when they came back, the basketball was really, really good in part because you can play basketball on your own. Like you can, you can, you can't really do that with football the same. I I mean that if all of college football is BYU Navy, I ain't watching. I don't think it will be. I think when the good teams play, it'll be different. But Jeff, what do you think as a player? You think it's going to be like something that takes a while to sort of for people to process? I, I think to Myron's point and your point too about it, it's like it's this is this is a couple of days and no one's really talking about it. I mean, like we we are like to Myron's point in our circles we are in our football circles in our sports circles we are, but let's just like hard knocks kind of snuck up on us. You're like, oh wait, hard knocks is on today. The NFL is going to come Thursday, and I think the ratings will be down. I think the ratings will be down for a couple of reasons. One is that you just it's just been a weird year, right? Ratings are down across the board for sports, politics. We know in 2016 ratings were also down. I do not think they're going to be down because players take a knee. Be quite honest about that. I think those are all fake people that say they're going to boycott. Um, but I think the gameplay is going to going to be bad. I really do. Um, I'm very fearful of injuries. Um, I think that we're going to have a ton of injuries this year. And when you have a bad year of injuries, plus an election year, plus COVID, it, it, the range is going to be down. It's just going to be down. And it's okay. I mean, people are going to make a big deal of it. They're going to blame the kneeling. It's nothing to do with the kneeling. They're going to blame all these other reasons why. It's just the combination of all those things. Guy's going to be hurt. There's a ton of stuff going on in the world right now. The election, it's just going to be down. But tomorrow, it'll bounce back eventually. It might not be this year, but it's NFL. They'll be back. Yeah, I also think you have to remember there are lots of parts of this country where nobody did anything for like four or five months that now they're kind of able to. And a lot of people are just out of their house. Like, you know, in New York City, for instance, I was in New York when you couldn't do a thing. And like, you went nuts. And now New York's opening up and like people, so I think there's a lot of people, Myron, that it's just, you know what? I've been in my house since March. I'm not going to sit in here and watch sports. I think that is part of it. Like those of us in Kentucky maybe haven't felt that way, but there are other parts of the country that have. I I think that's a really good point, Matt. I think there's also that sense with all of us, no matter where we are, whatever freedom we have today, we could lose it tomorrow, depending on what happens. So I think there's almost this sense of if you're going to get out and do something, you got to do it now because we don't know what the future holds. So that could affect how people maintain their Sundays too.
All right, last thing, Super Bowl winner. I'm going Mahomes to go back to back. Myron? Uh, give me Tom Brady and the Bucks. Oh, really? You're taking Brady over Mahomes? Over the Chiefs, yep. That like would that cement? I mean, I, I think everybody thinks Brady was the, is the best all time, but there's a people kind of like me that's like, well, he was very lucky to be in New England. He may oh, be the geez. best, but he's very yeah. lucky. Does that like cement? Like, okay, for people like me, you just got to shut up. Like, if he wins yes. in Tampa Bay, yes. yeah, he's. I don't think he's competing best quarterback ever anymore. I think it's where does he fit among Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan? Like, that's the group that I think Tom Brady is in. And if you do this it raises you up maybe a few spots on that greatest yeah, athlete. That, that's actually athletes. a really good point. Cause the greatest athletes, Jeff, it is Ali Jordan tiger, right? Like those are the yeah. three to a lot of people. I think if Brady went and won somewhere else, you'd have to think about putting him in there and saying, Hey, scoot over. Uh, I think about, it. I mean, yeah, I think you would. Um, I mean, the NFL, is such it's considered such a team sport that I think individuals is tough to kind of put on that list of, of and I know basketball is a team sport too, but there's only five guys on the court, right? And, and that's why you know Jordan gets talked about. He won the six titles and whatnot. And the last dance, you know, was celebrated. It was it was kind of interesting to see people talk about basketball in that era on Twitter. It was it was fun experiment to see everyone watch that in real time. Um, yeah, if you were to win in Tampa. Maybe people like you, Matt, would appreciate what he did in New England for once. I mean, I appreciate um, it. Don't get me wrong. I just hate him. It's I just don't. Why like do you the hate guy. him? Why do you hate him? Like he's I, too handsome. It's not. It has nothing okay, to do with okay, the good. fact that okay, I good. don't. He is I, too I like, handsome. Well, I'm glad. I, what I like about Tom Brady, I'll tell you what I like about him. He knows who he is. He drives an Aston Martin. He wears Uggs. He's a supermodel wife. He's good looking. He doesn't pretend he's like Peyton Manning driving a Buick. Peyton Manning's not driving a <laughs> Buick. Come on, guys. Tom Brady knows who he is, and I love that about Tom. Who are you picking to win it all? Uh, I'm going to go with Baltimore. I'm going to regret this. I'm going to I'm in the op opposite direction where I, I dislike Baltimore so much. Now I'm going to pick Baltimore, and they're going to get their butts whooped in, in round one of the playoffs again. Oh, that's good. We got three different teams. Well, thank you guys very much. I'll tell you what we'll do. Like halfway through the year, when the rest of the world realizes football is actually happening, we'll sort of check in and, uh, and, and see how it's going, if that's good. And all right, so let's quickly go through. You Your podcast is called – uh jeff schwartz is a know-it-all right what what is it yes jeff schwartz is smarter than you yes Football jeff schwartz podcast. is smarter yes. than you i i i'm going i'm going to subscribe to that because i'm going to miss you and not and not doing the show i'm going to listen so that i can be berated uh via podcast every week <laughs> My, myron <laughs> what tell folks where they can hear you you we we are on saturday saturday afternoons at one anything else uh sunday morning uh 10 to one o'clock espn radio with matt schick do a show there and uh ESPN.com. I write a little bit. Yes. Well, there you go. Well, thank you guys very much. We'll see you later.